Welcome to this CGF Minis podcast. I'm your co-host, Wyatt Keener. And I'm Jacob Park, and we're joined today by a special guest, Hunter Halls, General Manager of the Gotham Knights. Welcome to the show, Hunter. Thanks for having me, guys. I've been looking forward to this. Commissioner of the League as well. <laughs> let's let's hear about the Gotham Knights, Hunter. Uh, one of the heavyweights of the league so far in their history. And they've had two looks. Uh, navy blue, a black and um i don't even know did i i feel like you only wear the black jerseys do you have a second i should have looked this up what what is your second do you have a red one or a white one what is your second jersey um there is a white one Uh, i think it's been worn once maybe twice jake may be able to tell us that uh, a little quicker than i could but um yeah definitely worn a lot yeah it's been worn uh six times because this is road road white okay more than i thought maybe i'm thinking of white and white hasn't been worn very much Maybe a trivia question later in the show. <laughs> Maybe you know. want to reveal this card. That's true. That's true. Well, the black and red was it was an alternate in year two, right? And then you switched yes. to it in the primary last year in, in year three. So probably more time to be familiar with the, the old black look. But yeah. Yeah, if I remember right, um there was a you know, the the knights had a kind of a tumultuous second regular season, uh mm-hmm. and playoff as well. But um we played really well in the alternate, and so I just kept telling Jake, let's just keep playing in the alternate. And I had made up my mind most of the way through the second year, like, okay, these are the jerseys that the Knights belong in. And Definitely the the biggest change we've had so far, I feel like, because uh, other teams have rebranded. Well, I guess uh, Flaming Hot Cheetos to, to Rocky Mountain Moose, of course. Though. But yeah, we're, we're the same team adopted not only a new logo, but like a whole new color scheme too. Right. Marley Magic kind of stayed in, you know, in the, the pink lane in, in a way, but definitely the most dramatic so far. Yeah, I think it was, wasn't it part of a, a branding campaign too? The Rise from the Ashes campaign, is that right? Oh, you're thinking of the Godkin. Oh, shoot. Oh, <laughs> that's embarrassing. <laughs> did did you not have a campaign too this year though, Hunter? I felt like you did. That coincided with the like yeah, Dark Knight yeah, Rises sure. or something. I don't know what it was. There was a promo video. There was that. a promo video. <laughs> so, you know, the, the red and black is from Batman Beyond. And so the theme was kind of like going beyond our our first two years where we felt like we did so terribly uh to try to push it to the next level um which we didn't but you know i'm sure we'll talk about that (laughs) what do you remember about the design process with jake and you uh i mean is this is this a consistent look now this black after it was unsuccessful in going beyond in year three are you going to return to the navy or uh, are you staying with the beyond theme for the near future yeah, I know the uh, the black and reds are here to stay. Um, in an official capacity, the the navies have been retired. So, um, I I think I can't remember if we made an official league rule or if Jake did about throwback jerseys. But eventually, they will reappear as a throwback. Uh, I guess once or twice a year. But um, I, I don't think that that will happen. Probably the soonest that would happen would be twenty twenty four, just from from a ownership perspective. Jake, what do you remember? (laughs) Sorry about working with Hunter and the design inspiration. I imagine it was the easiest because it was already kind of a developed look based on Batman's appearances throughout the comics. Yeah, that was gave us something good to go off of. But then it was like a matter of making something that was unique for his team in our league without you know following something too closely. So 
remember right, I don't remember where we got the image of the particular like uh, Batman mask, but it was like that mixed with like a medieval knight helmet that I like, put on top of each other and then like traced an outline of is how we end up. It was one that took uh probably took the most time or at least was up there just in general time like to actually draw it. But then once we I drew that first like combination of those two things, I think we were pretty settled on it right away. Yeah, I remember you saying that you were having trouble trying to make it feel original, but also look like Batman and combining something night related, um, which is why I think uh, whenever we did come up with the the alternate logo, I was instantly in love with it because the red sword through the bat, to me, it just looks incredible. Um, it, I think I had it as my background on my phone for a really long time, which probably also influenced the permanent, uh, the permanent move, but I used it as the uh, logo and namesake of all four of my dynasty teams. Nice doing what Turtle Daddy has yet to do, but T's <laughs> yes. doing in this next year. Uh, well, the uh, as you said, the first year of Gotham Knight history was a smash success. Um, despite not ending up with the championship, you competed in the championship game, were the regular season winner at 11-2, and two, um, and were dominant in your semifinal matchup, winning by nearly 50 points against the God Kings in, in the highest score of the week. Just ran into a tough Matrix team in their run of destiny. Uh, year two, though, you saw some regression, finishing in fourth place and um, being eliminated in the uh, first round. Or excuse me, that's not right, is it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay. To yeah. KD sorry. Again. That's right. To KD. That's exactly <laughs> right. Um, off of a hugely disappointing ninety-seven points. Um, just agonizing when you see your team do that. And then uh, eliminated this year by the winner faces in the semifinal matchup. Um, how are the emotions? It's tough to you know be so successful to have such a talented team and then um, not be able to deliver in the playoffs. How have you been managing through that? Yeah, so I think last year I was really frustrated throughout the season. Um, there was, it, I would need to really look at the the roster and some things to recall specifics. But I think I dealt with several injuries. So Jonathan Taylor was out. Um, there was some other things I, I remember, I can't, but Michael Thomas disappointing several of those things, uh, which honestly carried over the same, those two things happened again this year. Um, but I, uh, I was pretty bummed, especially with the playoff loss to Katie again, but this year I really enjoyed this season. Um, I think getting to have Josh Jacobs on his run was great. Uh, and even though I had, um, you know, kind of dipped into the middle or, or I guess it was like the, the first fourth of the season, uh, that charge to getting the buy was one of the most like exciting times I've had uh, as a, as a GM and getting to pass you kind of at the last moment. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, it so was I'm awesome okay. to to watch the momentum grow and then uh, you know fizzled out in the in the very end. But uh, it was an incredible comeback to to overtake the buy and then have all the momentum going into playoffs. You know, it was very promising going in. So um, talking about this season too, you made a lot of big trades going into this year. Mm -hmm. um and that along with the promo video you kind of gave off at least the idea that you know you were buying into the team you have now uh kind of putting all your chips in um realistically how large or how long do you think this window stays open for this current team you have uh, before you have to either retool or, or rebuild i think it will depend on a couple things um the first will be luck um because i think that uh I, my team used to have a lot of depth and I sold off a lot of that to consolidate some of these bigger pieces. Um, but 
one kind of unintended consequence of my team that I, I didn't realize is is my wide receivers are now very weak. Maybe the worst core in the league, I, I think, is up for debate. Um, but I have like five incredible running backs, like probably five of the top, you know, 10 uh, or, or roughly so. So I think it'll depend on uh, Daniel Jones, which is painful to say. Um, <laughs> it'll, de- it'll depend on Saquon. Uh, and then if if either of the older running backs, Cook or Mixon, if they can give me another year past this year, that's just serviceable. Um, I think it, that it's two years long. Um, the thing is, I think after that, it crashes and burns pretty hard. Your whole roster seems to be on a similar timetable because, I mean, Travis Kelsey, everyone was thinking that surely he was going to decline this year and then had mm-hmm. one of the most impressive years of his career, at least in terms of his scoring output related to the rest of the position. Um, but he is 33 years old, and so he seems to be on a similar time frame there. Um, you have, though, that would put you, I guess, in the 2025 year where you start your rebuild, but you have already given up your 2025 mm-hmm. first in all draft picks before then. Um, is this a strategy you've ever employed in a dynasty league before? It, we haven't seen anyone else in the league go this all in. Um, how are you feeling about your future prospects? Yeah. So it's funny. I was, uh, I felt myself, I, and I should say, I feel this a lot when I listen to the podcast, I like want to respond either to you two or to other people. Uh, but I was really itching to talk last week when Zach was uh, talking about the other league that he and I are in with, uh, with Spicer. So in that league, um, it, this was our fifth year and I had kind of been up and down the last couple of years and did a very similar thing. I traded all of my picks um, up until 2025. I still have the first in that one. That's the only difference. Um, and I won the championship. So, you know, I, it it worked in there. The only thing is that team is just flat out better than the corporate global version. Uh, same type of roster, same rules. So it, it can work. I just think, um, like I said, it really depends on those receivers. I'm really nervous about Mike Evans, Mike Williams, and Tyler Lockett. Uh, all of those guys could Brandon Cooks, Michael Thomas, like literally all of five of them could be just worthless in a year. I mean, it almost worked this year too. I'm you beat the winter faces what like the yeah final week or the second last week. It, your team seemed to be very really, uh, explosive and that you almost always either scored over two hundred points or or you lost. Uh, it seemed like that was yeah. like the requirement in order to win, but you did it pretty frequently last year. Yeah, that's true. Um, I, also Herbert kind of had, or not kind of, he had a, a pretty down year for him. And um, I still have no regrets. Honestly, when I look back at the trade that I made with Katie, I, I think over time, but we'll see that I've probably won that trade. Um, unless the two first that she gets are just, you know, home run players themselves, but Matt Ryan, Davis Mills and uh, Tolbert, the receiver for um, the yeah. Cowboys, I think are all, that did nothing for her last year. And I don't think they'll do anything for her in the future. So <laughs> it, really, it really comes down to those two picks and the other ones were all a bunch of fourths and fifths. So uh, I think if he can, you know, kind of creep back up into the top five of production, then um, my team will be good for a long time. That's the other thing. It's like, it's almost like if I could weather the storm until 2025, where I get some more picks back. Um, I mean, I do have Jonathan Taylor and Justin Herbert to, to keep going with. Yeah, in a little bad-mouthing of a former player, player you drafted, I believe, or at least <laughs> traded for when he was very young. I uh, wonder how the current roster will respond to that. But uh, yeah, you you were going back a couple things to touch on. You were the second highest scoring team 
in the semifinals this this year too. You would have beaten either of um, Bruce Matthews or Marley Magic had you matched up with either of them too. So yeah, just kind of unlucky in the way that things broke for you there. Um, like you guys both said too, a flaming hot team there at the end of the season too. No pun on the flaming hot cheetahs in any way. Um, but the Justin Herbert acquisition is one that sets you up for um, a competitive window at any time. Also uh, insanely valuable piece to, um, if you need to like break apart into separate valuable pieces, you probably could do that and right. get a package much like you traded for before. Um, we've also seen, we were recounting in the discord chat, I believe everyone is kind of chipping in like the most valuable um, acquisitions on waivers this year. And we've seen it throughout our three-year history. So just because you have an older roster now and you don't have draft picks obviously does not prevent you from, uh, from adding players in other ways trading as well um sorry i just had a lot to add i don't know why or if that's valuable to our listeners but i wanted to get off my chest um let's hear about your experience as a listener you were the voice of the league for um and still are uh just haven't been able to hear it as often with you you and william's busy schedules but um what is your experience like as a fan go ahead and give us a review of the cgf minis podcast how are we doing (laughs) Yeah, I love it. I uh, I remember the exact place I was, the machine that I was on in the gym when I pressed play on the first ever episode. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I had to stop recording because uh, I think I, for some reason, I accidentally or somehow I, I listened to maybe the second episode first. I, um, I had like saved the first one because I think the second episode was the one where Jake tells the like fake story about looking out at the snow and then like makes the transition <laughs> to the the mini scandy um and i i started laughing so hard i had to like re re-rack the weights and turn off the podcast <laughs> um it, it just the delivery really got me so yeah i love the podcast i've really enjoyed the player interviews it's probably been my favorite part uh i always enjoyed do- doing that on the other show as well so uh i think you guys have really nailed the timing to like leave us wanting more with keeping it tight um i like to use that especially during the season, I felt that that worked really well in the off season. I felt like, I feel like you guys could go a little longer if you wanted to, but, uh, I respect the 30 minute self-imposed limit. We just don't have that much to say. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's, it's been good. I, uh, I like to hear everyone's, uh, interview on the podcast too. So I'm glad to hear that you're doing it well, uh, or you're enjoying it as well. And thanks for the nice things to say. We appreciate that here on the CGF Minis podcast. Jake, we haven't heard any word from our sponsor in a while. Uh, is that just yeah. an in-season, in-season promo package or what's going on there? Well, we're negotiating the contract for the 2023 season. So until then, they're not getting another free, you know, a free ad from us uh, until we see the money. There you go. We'll get it sorted out before, uh, before uh, opening week. um well hunter you uh have heard the trash talk it's been aimed at the winter faces and uh you and i imagine in my head probably the matriarchs and uh bruise kind of the the four teams who have made the playoffs every year or sorry there's a fifth who uh, the god kings uh the that have been targeted by some of these um teams at the lower end of the table do you have any kind of a response for the uh the smack talk yeah it's like um it's like seeing your little brother for the first time kind of finally be able to like hit some shots back at you in the driveway and and realize (laughs) like you're gonna have to actually like focus to beat him instead of just you know relying on your height to just take take care of it every time 
I think uh, they're. I honestly think that several of them are correct that that they are going to start taking out some of the the teams that have been making the playoffs. The thing that I think won't happen is that it will be like all of them or three or three of the four. The reason I say that is I think that the matriarchs are about to hit their their you know they're going to be trading out with one of those teams. Um, if I had to predict one, um, I'm not sure. I'm off the cuff would be ready to do that yet. Maybe sure. the cheetahs, I mean, the, uh, mooses, uh, forgive me, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, no, I, I'm excited that they're excited. I just, uh, you know, there's, there's definitely ownership concerns in it, in the <laughs> league's, the league's short history. I think, you know, the elite are the elite for, for a reason. And, um, uh, the Gotham Knights, even with a, a, a scary future, never plan on missing the playoffs. <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay. Ownership concerns to your <laughs> face, Jake. I have to imagine you're uh, one of those teams that's being called out. And actually, wasn't I? Honestly, I was not thinking of Jake in that in that uh in that comment. <laughs> I can say it truthfully. I'm very excited about the future of the popular ballers. I, you know what? I actually I I will take back. And here's the thing: it's because Jake has been so uh, modest in his his talk. I was really thinking about the Pit Kings, the uh, the Abbey and the Mooses more so than anyone else. Uh, uh, but no, I think the popular ballers have the best chance of those four to uh, to be in the playoffs next year. Oh, wow. So you, wow. you would uh, put them even above the Mooses, you think, or right around that same level? Yeah, I think the, the Mooses uh, not having Kyler to start, like Zach said last week, and then also just I, I understand Zach's approach with running back. I just think that it could be difficult uh, if, if the rest of the roster, especially quarterback, isn't scoring enough points um, with the tight end too to get him there, then he's not going to be able to deploy that. But the draft picks could change all of that. So we'll see. Speaking of Zach and, and you know, knowing that you guys are in a bunch of other leagues together, um, how does the trade economy or just the frequency of trades in our league compare to some of the other leagues you in, you guys are in? Is it um, Are we less active, more active in general? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, the first two years, we were the most active league that I was in. Um, this year... We were by far the least active, uh, which we've t- we've talked about. You guys have talked about as well, um, and, and I think there's a few reasons for that. But uh, I think that this this league has the best parity of any league I've seen um, of all the ones that I'm in. Um, the other two leagues that I'm in are both twelve team as well, which really changes some of the things. Like the there's not the bubble teams are in some ways closer together and that's when you really get those super teams and the like really trash teams that sell everything for picks um so i think that kind of causes more trades as well because people can kind of clearly see where they are and then they lean towards that extreme whereas in the 10 team leagues everyone kind of has a chance so i could see why there's more hesitancy a follow-up question that because i I was pretty sure you're going to say at least last year we were you know a fairly slow uh, dynasty um do you think the slower market hinders your ability to make moves or change your team's position uh, at least quickly you, you mean me specifically or for anyone uh yeah either either or so. um i i actually don't think so and i think that's because our league uh it, with the exception of a couple people in the offseason everyone is still very responsive um and the other league that i'm in with zach uh and spicer there's a it's a bunch of like local people and some of them like completely tune out during the offseason and when by offseason i even mean like nfl draft 
kind of included all the way up until August. And so those, it can be hard to do an off-season rebuild. But uh, in this league, I think um, you're, you'll still be able to talk with anyone. And if you really wanted something to happen, it would. Um, even I've thought about, like, if I wanted to blow up the Gotham Knights, I think I could. I don't want to, but I think that there's still uh, a willingness to trade. Yeah, we, uh, we've seen near about every team uh, make a really big blockbuster type deal, I feel like, in their three-year history in some capacity. Um, right. So, yeah, it, it has been fun to, to see that. Um, like you said, the 10-team league really does seem to shape the balance. When only four teams miss the playoffs, it does feel like that sixth spot is always in reach, at least until the last few weeks of the regular season. Um, I'm curious about the... 2023 season we've been asking you about the distant future and your draft picks and what happens when some of these players age but they're not aged out yet uh in fact there's a lot of exciting promising news this offseason so far michael thomas uh returning to the saints seems that they're excited about what he could bring and uh with Derek carr and not that many receiving weapons outside of chris Olave, still a big role for him to carve out um who knows where Kenny Galladay may end up. Perhaps he finds, I mean, anywhere is surely to be a better situation than the Giants. Um, and like you said, Justin Herbert seemingly can't perform any worse than he did last year. Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley back in promising situations in New York. Uh, I could go on and on, but just off the top of my head, a lot of promising situations. So what are your expectations for 2023? And what do you hope to see out of your Gotham Knights? Um, I think I'd be happy with a somewhere between two through four um i i still i don't see myself finishing first again just because i think i'll have some inconsistent weeks uh but yeah two through four would be where i'd like to finish regular season and then um at that point it's a crapshoot um i recently found like yesterday i found this uh website uh i think it was on reddit somewhere called dynastydaddy.com i'm not sure if either of you are familiar <laughs> Um, but you can put in your your uh, sleeper ID and it pulls up all your leagues and gives like power rankings based on uh, some other websites. I think it doesn't just use Keep Trade Cut. It uses some other places and uh, different things like that to give values. And it, it ranks every position. It ranks your starter rank and then it ranks your like uh, future and draft rank. And so this is I think it, it nails exactly how I feel about my team. Overall, franchise wise, it has me as 10th out of 10, but it has my starter rank as first. Um and so I think that that's pretty much accurate. Like that's the way I view it as well. Um, and I maybe I'm too optimistic thinking that I can maintain <laughs> that longer. But it has Rocky Mountain Mooses as first and Popular Ballers as second uh, overall, which is what I think is interesting. And I wanted to ask Jake what he thinks about that uh, ranking. That's consistent with other sites I've looked at. I would say um, yeah. it usually says like if you're you know counting picks and you know just total assets. That we were somewhere I thought I was at the top, honestly, until uh, I don't remember if it was Zach or the God King said the Mooses had surpassed me recently with some of the, the trades they made on some of those sites. So, um, yeah, I think the future looks promising, the uh, present is still a little bit murky, but we'll see. Don't be bashful yeah. now, man. Don't back down now. You're talking, calling you out. <laughs> he, he didn't call you out. I'm rewriting the history here. He praised you, he said he was cheering for you. Yeah, this, um, uh, I've, I've got a good feeling about this year. I don't know. We're at least going to set the win record for the popular ballers. We're going to get five wins this season. That is exciting. <laughs> We're all cheering for that. Surely, surely five wins. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, and Jake, do you have some trivia for Gotham Knight General Manager Hunter Hollis? Yes, I've got uh, really only one good question. I'm trying to remember what I did on the previous episode so to avoid people cheating and going to look and know what's <laughs> coming. So, uh, Hunter, I've, I've got one question, and then I've got one hint for you to make it a little bit easier. So the question is, which franchise have you played the very least? Uh, you've played this franchise the bare minimum possible, and the hint is I'm going to exclude the Flaming Hot Cheetahs slash Rocky Mountain Mooses uh, so that you know it's not them. So there's one team you played the bare minimum you can each season. Do you know who that is? Okay, let's see. So the bare minimum would be three, possibly. No, it could be. No, the bare minimum, absolute bare minimum is three. Okay. Mm-hmm. It feels like it would be. It's it's either Marley Magic or the Pit Kings. Is that right? Do we make a final pick between those two? But my gut is saying Pit Kings. You got it. Yeah. No way. Wow. <laughs> Hunter. <laughs> That's awesome. Wow, someone who knows their franchise. That's what I'm waiting for. Here yeah. was my my logic. So I I kind of know roughly my records against the big dogs because uh as cheesy as this may seem i feel like Wyatt is closet like this if he doesn't actually admit it like i pay attention to those things that i get excited about them like i want to have a winning record against everyone in the league and the only team i think i don't have a winning winning record against correct me if i'm wrong would be the matriarchs um i might be tied with with the bruise um and so knowing that i was trying to think okay I probably wouldn't remember no offense to these people or their franchises, but um, if it's one of the bad franchises historically, I probably wouldn't remember playing them a lot. Cause I probably normally win. And uh, that was why I ruled out Marley magic. I'm like, I probably beat them twice a year and never look back, but the pit Kings, I feel like I don't play them often. <laughs> yeah. You, you are winning against the Kings too. You're two and one against them. Whereas you are four and one against the Marley magic. And you're right. Yeah. The only team, you don't have a winning record against uh would be the bruise you're two and two and the winner faces you're three and three uh don't have a losing record you have no losing records. yeah yeah no, uh, besides the matriarchs except, except and, the matriarchs oh, okay. two and yeah. three of the matriarchs but yeah two of those being playoff losses which is extra painful it's brutal uh would you consider them your chief rival i assume or like maybe not the at least the schedule on the because you've got formal rivalries with the bruise do you have another one i'm overlooking i know you at least have the one with the bruise um and then I, yeah. two arrivals come on i i think we're, oh. we i don't know <laughs> yeah. if we are Last formal season. rivals i think the the knights would, would consider it. this is how yeah. i view those those franchise relationships um i view the relationship between my team and the matriarchs um as a, just about the same as the colts and the patriots um even though um because there was lots of regular seasons where Peyton got the better of, of Brady and then it didn't matter come playoff time. So the matriarchs are the only team that only franchise that I'm like scared of seeing on the other side. Whereas it, with the, uh, the winter faces, it's more of like a, a hatred. And I, it's, it, that also <laughs> comes from the success. It doesn't come from like disliking Wyatt or his team. Giving all sorts of sound bites and, uh, <laughs> and locker room uh, motivation. 
Uh, no, I think that we're yeah. rivals as well, but I don't think we got there until this year just because our teams haven't ever Agreed. like met in a high stakes environment. But then this year with you chasing me down for the bye and then mm-hmm. meeting in the playoffs, it felt like finally we had the on-field vitriol that our Agreed. rivalry needed. So I love that because, uh, you know, the, the God Kings and I have a three-year history and now we've got a new, a new uh, target in the Gotham Knights. I love... When we can develop rivalries naturally, naturally, Na- yes. holy cow, uh, develop rivalries <laughs> naturally. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, nothing wrong with the with the quarter bowl or the uh, the Game of Thrones. Obviously, those are incredible too. But, um. Well, Hunter, uh, did you have a question for us? Did is that what you were saying, or did you did you already ask that of Jake earlier? Um, I was going to ask a question. Uh about the upcoming rookie draft, but I think I'm going to save it uh, for another, another outlet. I changed my mind while listening. So I, I will say uh, I'm going to end with, uh, or two comments. And if you guys have more questions, you can, you can jump in or respond to these. But um, the first one is on a, uh, a more serious note. I just wanted to say, I think uh, after Aaron's passing last year, there, there was a lot of uh, unnamed, I honestly think that the some of our hesitancy to trade uh, may have been impacted by that. I think a lot of us felt so like uh, connected to the league itself, and it was almost like preserving what it was uh, and where our teams were. Um, not just Jake, but I think I think that kind of trickled down to everyone, where it felt like there was a reverence uh, almost. <laughs> um, and so I, I'm just really thankful for this league in, in that light, uh, and I'm really happy that we were able to. Um, kind of memorialize him some with the trophy and, and talking about that uh, as well. So I'm really grateful for the league and for the podcast and just how seriously that we take it, because I think I have a tendency to like want to always take something like this to the extreme. And so for that to be matched by other people really uh, is, is awesome. Um, and then the other thing on a way less uh, <laughs> serious note, uh, the corporate global dynasty awards are coming up. And so I, uh, just posted the nominations, but by the time you're hearing this, we should be voting in the actual poll on the results between the people who were nominated. And uh, I may be back on the show uh, where these guys may handle announcing those awards. So please make sure that you get those votes in as soon as possible. Well said, Hunter. Thank you for those reminders. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to see who takes home some hardware in 2023. Any final words? Or Well, I guess it's the 2022 season, excuse me. Uh, we'll see who's taking home the hardware in 2023, though. Uh, will it be the Gotham Knights, a, a perennial contender in um, the the three years so far? And in the words of General Manager Hawes, the hope is to remain a perennial contender despite some uh, circling vultures. Jake, <laughs> any any final words or things to uh, take us home with? Or... Um, one last question, Hunter. Um... Do you think you've earned the reputation or do you even think you have this reputation as the league's villain? Oh, wow. No, that's a great question. I I think that I definitely had that uh, persona and definitely played into it a lot more too in the first year of the league. And Aaron was the chief driver of that narrative, I think. <laughs> um, but I think that several things have softened that. One being the not having success um but to why it's a repeat championship i i uh i think the commissioner always gets some jab um 
too, which makes makes it fine. Uh, but I think that's definitely waned. I will say, I, I'm glad you asked that because I wanted to bring this up. My sole mission in this league, I would say even more so than winning championships, is to get to and maintain first place in the all-time standings. That's what I want the Gotham Knights legacy to be. Um, and the, the median season really hurt that uh, yeah. for us. Um, but we're only five wins behind um, the Brews, and then in between us is is Wyatt. Uh, so I'm only five wins behind, and if I can attain that first place, I'm sure I will definitely be viewed as the villain. Thank you like for uh, for all your wisdom, and and thank you for your role as commissioner. I've been thinking about like as you bring up the awards and all these other things, off the little like thankless things. Um, you two are such a big role in making this league what it is. And like you say, it means so much to me. And you each have um, commented on this podcast and other places about how important it is to you all. And um, it's been a lot of fun to hear from you, but also each person that's been on the show and what this league means and how they view it and how they approach it. We're thankful for each one of you and, and the, the um, effort and fun that you all put into it. Love you guys. Love you too, man. See you guys next week. Thanks for saying love you. I was just getting the recording and nobody's saying love you back. Bye. Uh